Hi, this is Brett Thornhill. And I'm Jenny Friedman. And you're listening to Technicolor Mindset. Hey, Brett, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jenny. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Good to be with you as always. Thank you. I want to jump right in and tell you something. Great. <laughs> I'm eager. I'm looking and forward to it. Everyone listening, I want to talk about self-care. Okay. It's a great topic. That's the topic du jour. <laughs> what do you want to say about self-care today? Okay. So here's what's going on. A lot of people I've been working with lately have very big things on their plates. Right. They're really working hard to make change in their life. Mm -hmm. And they also have life. They're having their life and they're striving for this goal that is something that has not previously been in their life. They're trying to bring them together. And it does seem like one of the areas that gets the easiestly neglected and it is actually the most foundationally important is self-care. Mm -hmm. I'd agree with you there. I think that's a common problem is that we ignore that, which is the most crucial in that self-care. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of boring stuff to say, go to bed on time, eat your veggies, you know, and get in your exercise. Like, you know, we've heard it our whole life that I think we take it for granted that whatever we do is the best we can do. We're doing the best we can. Um, I hear people all the time. Well, yeah, of course I could do better, but you know. It's also really easy to justify a lack of self-care because it can feel very altruistic sometimes. Well, especially if you're an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. there's this false belief that if you burn the candle at both ends, yep. you're a success. Right. It, it goes both ways, right? Because if you burn the candle at both ends and you're a success, and in order to be a success, you have to burn a candle at both ends. I work hard. I play hard. Right. Yeah, but do you take care of yourself hard? Like, no, that's not even on the, it's not even in focus. No, it's not even part of the equation. Absolutely. I agree. That happens a lot. So what's, because I agree with you when it comes to how important self-care is and how much we tend to neglect it. And sometimes it can be uh, self-care on an emotional level. It can be self-care on a physical level. It can be self-care from a family perspective, all of these things. What do you see as some of the common pitfalls and what are some of the common, I guess, things to be aware of and remedies? So, okay. The thing that really hit this home for me, why I was like, this is what we're going to talk about. Okay. Is because um, in my you know group of people I work with, there is uh, sleep that is really I think the ADHD plight. <laughs> yeah, I've, the plight I've got a couple, of the ADHD brain. Yeah, I've got a couple of clients who are having some real significant difficulty with sleep right now. Right, and it's not so something you're striving to do. It's something we take for granted. Mm -hmm. I just go and go and go until I you know, collapse and fall asleep or pass out or whatever. And then it's really hard to get up in the morning. And then you didn't have enough sleep. And so what you're seeing is it, it doesn't sound like it's about sleep. It sounds like, well, I'm always running late. I woke up late and I'm groggy and tired. And, oh, well, and I have ADHD. So getting up is hard for me. But you know what? If you don't get enough sleep, Getting up is hard for you. Yeah. It's the first question I ask. What time did you go to bed? Oh, it was like three in the morning before I went to sleep. Oh, so 
could it be at eight o'clock in the morning that you've only had five hours of sleep or is it your ADHD? ADHD and sleep are, uh, it's a tangly little mess because if you're treating your ADHD medically, then the stimulant medication can have a, uh, an effect on your sleep patterns and can just suppress the need to sleep in the evening and that sort of thing. Sometimes if you're taking your medication throughout the day and it wears off at eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night, people are ravenously hungry by that point and maybe because their appetite's been suppressed during the day and so they eat a big meal or they eat something that disrupts their sleep pattern. There is constant FOMO when you have ADHD, right? <laughs> constant fear of missing out. So it's like, okay, I get to do all this again tomorrow, right? I, get, I can go to bed and tomorrow's going to be another new day and it's okay. But, you know, if you happen to get into a state of flow or if you happen to get in, if you're doing something you enjoy, or even if you're not doing something you enjoy, if you're doing something, it's like, it's really hard to transition out of it. Yeah. So well, all of these things can have an impact on your sleep. This is kind of hits home a little bit for me because I haven't, you know, guilty, have not been sleeping as well as I should lately. And I've been tired in the morning. And the reason is because I've been staying up way too late. Right. Right. And, and the getting up in the morning is only half the deal. It's when you go to bed because you got to count backwards. You know, you got to really think about, well, how much sleep could I get if I go to bed at one in the morning? Yeah. You wake up at six or seven in the morning, you do the math. But the other thing is I hear a lot, well, I don't want to go to bed. I, I think I laughed when you said FOMO, but I think also I've heard it described. I'm like a child. I just don't want to go to bed. Right. You know, and if it's fear of missing out, I never really thought of it quite that way. It just feels like it's just not fun to go to sleep. Yeah. It's nothing. So if you take, you know, and we, we've talked before, I've talked about the four, the four things that engage an ADHD brain, right? Our interest challenge, urgency, and novelty. Sleep is neither of those. <laughs> sleep doesn't have an ounce of either one of those in it. Yeah. So what is it that drives you to go to sleep? This can get really complicated when you're working with clients and, and they have sleep difficulties because how do you reframe sleep? How do you change mindset around sleep? You know, there are things that, that sometimes my clients have difficulty engaging in and I go back to those four elements quite a bit. And I'll say, how can we add, like, let's figure out how to add one of these or an element of one or, or, or two of these, or maybe all of them, who knows, to this particular circumstance that you're having difficulty with. You can't add any of those to sleep, really. It's really I, challenging. I do the same thing. And uh, I do know a lot of people speak about sleep hygiene, which can get to be really, you know, doesn't really tackle the problem. It's like, okay my sheets feel good and I have aromas in the room and I've got my music or whatever, my white noise and I've got the room temperature right and it's dark and you still cannot really want to go to sleep. However, I will say everyone, a hundred percent of everyone says, but I love to sleep. Yeah. I love to sleep and I don't like to get up in the morning. So it's like this paradox. Right. Cause I don't like to go to sleep, but you just said something that's interesting. You know, you put the clean sheets down when you're talking about sleep hygiene, you make all the circumstances conducive to sleep. That's great. If your problem is that you can't sleep, but that doesn't solve the problem if you don't want to sleep. Right. Right. And there's a difference. There's a difference in, I can't sleep and I don't want to sleep. There is. And I think most of the people I'm fine. They'll take their phone to bed with them. They'll take their laptop to bed with them. They're using the time to, stimulate themselves when it's time to go to go to bed 
they're actually suppressing melatonin. They're um, yeah, they got to shut down that blue light. Right, exactly. They don't. And people have told me, yeah, but I've got this night shift filter on my phone. I don't even think those things work because the people that are telling me that they have the night shift filter on their phone are telling me that they take their phone to bed and they can't. Get it. <laughs> Yeah, so right. I go, you're like too many people have told me about this night shift filter, but most of them are telling me about it in the context of the fact that it's not working for them. Well, right. So, that's like the people, the couples that don't have sex and they have a TV in the room. Right. And they're like, well, it's not because of the TV. No, it couldn't be. Of course not. What do you do before you go to sleep? Watch TV. <laughs> you know? <Yeah>. Sexy <laughs> so, time isn't like Seinfeld and sexy time, you know? Right, like, exactly. So I think all of those things that make your circumstances more conducive to sleep play a role, but it doesn't tackle that. No, in the back of my mind, I don't want to go to sleep. I have no desire to go to sleep. It's boring. Yeah, it's boring. So one of the things that I was thinking was that it could be fun and maybe we'll do this when we start, you know, in the fall with the group and stuff, but like yeah. make a challenge, make like a hashtag sleep challenge. Yeah. Make a game of who can get to bed soonest, not the soonest, like, oh, I went to bed at seven o'clock, but like, you know, who can, <laughs> who can consistently go to I bed? I will when they... never be competitive enough to go to sleep at seven o'clock. I'll tell you that. that but I, mean, I, I don't have that much. Vacation. Who could consistently go to bed when they say they need to right? and maybe win a little prize or something. I don't know. Make a game of it. I don't know. I don't know the answer, but I wanted to talk about because it, it, it's also with diet. This is, it's coming up all, all these people that are struggling to eat right because they're busy. Mm -hmm. They really are grabbing the fast, convenient, whatever that is. Yeah. And it's usually fast and convenient equals not healthy. Absolutely. I'd agree. And then they feel bloated and uncomfortable. And then their performance is affected. Yeah. So it's back down to self-care. Yeah. So my wanting to bring this up was to explore how can we look at taking care of oneself be fun and intriguing and interesting. Well, I'm telling you, if you, you can, you've built a better mousetrap because self-care, first of all, can even seem selfish. Like I said, sometimes it's easy to justify a lack of self-care because, well, it's for the benefit of others. It's for the benefit of, you know, oh, yeah, my family, my I'm work, so, my family. I'm, yeah, I'm so busy taking care of everybody right. else. I can't take care of myself. Right. And I, I skip meals because I'm too busy. So I end up, you know, just grabbing something quick, but that can't be a bad thing because the reason I'm doing it is because I'm working so hard or because I'm so busy or because I'm always on the go, which always seems to be like, that's a great trait. Being always on the go may not be a great thing. I mean, we kind of position it like, boy, he's always on the go. You know, that's a great thing. <laughs> no, not necessarily. You know, if you don't take time because self, I mean, we spent a lot of time just a moment ago talking about sleep and now we're talking a little bit about food, but self-care can be just as much about making time for yourself, making time for your family, having some downtime, prioritizing downtime, as opposed to busy time. We concentrate on, yes. on programming ourselves for busy time. We prioritize busy time. We prioritize work. Very few people prioritize leisure time, but it's important. I do. Be good for you. You know what I call it? What? Wiggle room. Oh, really? Tell me more about that. I buffer my appointments throughout the day so yeah, that yeah. every so often there's just a blocked space that no one can schedule. Yeah. And it hits me like this. So it feels like this, like I pre-plan, I do this intentionally on my scheduler. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is I go, oh, okay, what am I doing today? Let me look at my calendar. Oh, appointment, appointment. Oh, I have nothing. It's, oh, I have nothing at two. 
I feel instant relief. What do you I do feel, with that time then though? Oh, and then I can do whatever I feel like doing in the moment. I don't plan what I'm going to do. I like to be surprised that I have it. Right. And I like to embrace the moment. So that's a bit of a challenge because if I have that wiggle room, the challenge for me is going to be using it in a way that is more focused on self-care than using it to do something that has to do with my work, to run errands, to get something done that I wouldn't otherwise have time to get done. You know what I mean? Yeah, but by being intuitive about it, I feel like I am addressing the most pressing thing at the moment because sometimes it is an errand. Oh, let me run to the dry cleaner now. Sometimes it is, oh, let me go get a haircut now. Or, oh, let me get a massage. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, let me lay lay down, take a 20-minute nap. Like what's really important for me right now and living in that moment of space, knowing it's ending in an hour. So I haven't got all day to make a big plan here. Yeah. Or 45 minutes, you know, it's ending soon. So let me, mm, I'm feeling like when you're hungry and you're like, what do I want to eat? Yeah. You can't always tell four hours ahead of time what you're going to want when you get hungry. But I plan the time anyway, even though I don't know what I'm going to be doing in it. Right. Right. Because you could fall into a trap of planning your self-time so much that it doesn't even feel like self-time. It feels like something that you have to do. It feels like an obligation. Right. And you don't want self-care to feel like an obligation. I don't do it every day, but I'm pretty big about doing it on Mondays because Mondays are very stressful for me because we just came off a weekend. Right. And I like to know that no matter what, there's going to be a block of time in there where I'm free. Because I'm usually not free. Well, you know, I'll get on the phone. Someone will call me or something. I won't be, I won't end up being free, but I won't be overbooked either. Where at the end of the day, that happens to a lot of people. They go, I was going, going, going. It turned out I just didn't have enough time in my day to do everything I needed to do because things took longer than they thought they would. Yeah. That happens to me a lot. Block of time. It, all it's doing is just allowing some breathing room, some wiggle room in your day. So if something does take longer, it's okay. It doesn't have to negatively impact your whole day. I'm quite willing and often do forego lunch. I just don't have lunch. That's not good. That's not good at all. But it happens a lot because, you know, one session runs a little long and the next one in between I go, you know, I make the mistake of checking my email in between sessions and maybe something came up in my email. So now instead of going to get lunch, okay, yeah, I've got a half hour, 45 minutes. I could have gotten lunch, but now I want to deal with this because I'm in the whole mentality of do it now, then it's done. Right. Right. So instead of going to get lunch, I do that. That'll take me half an hour and then I'll still have 15 minutes to grab lunch. So in 15 minutes, what am I getting? I'm probably going to grab something that's not all that healthy. Right. Or worst case scenario, that half hour turns into 45 minutes and suddenly I don't have any time at all. So there are lots of times when I'm grabbing something quick at 3 PM and calling that lunch, I'm hungry long before that. Yeah but I don't have time and I don't prioritize it. So I end up grabbing something quick and usually unhealthy at three o'clock in the afternoon. You know what I suggest for everybody is to (laughs) sound like such a mom now, but I suggest we do mom. (laughs) (laughs) I suggest that you hard boil 12 eggs and you keep them in your refrigerator and all throughout the week. If you want a snack, you're feeling ravenously hungry to bust open a hard boiled egg takes about one minute. And it's about 60 to 100 calories, depending on the size of the egg. But it's protein. It fills you up. You actually feel like you ate a meal just eating that. 
Yeah, it is incredibly satisfying. I'll, I'll tell you that. I mean, if I have breakfast and I have eggs with my breakfast, I don't get hungry nearly as quickly. But it's a good snack. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's filling and it, it's absolutely. And it is a way to just take a minute and do that. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. So this is one that kind of hits home for me because I'm a little guilty of this. Not prioritizing my self-care. And mea culpa, I talk to others about it. I try to help them prioritize their self-care. <laughs> What I can do for others, I will not do for myself. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, sometimes we do that. I mean, you know, I tell my clients all the time, just because I can help you do this and, and because I know it's the right thing to do, I'm not perfect. Hell, I make lots of mistakes, right? So. Well, me too. It's, you know, so we're finding some solutions that are working. Right. I guess for me, I'm suggesting wiggle room and eggs. Yeah. <laughs> wiggle. It all comes down to wiggle room and eggs. <laughs> I can see the title of this episode now. It's like self-care hyphen wiggle room and eggs. <laughs> just the title itself is just going to suck people in. They're going to go, what the hell? What? <laughs> wiggle room and eggs. Good stuff. No, this was great. This actually hits home and um, it's a really important topic and one that we're probably going to touch on again. Because yeah. I mean, look, we still didn't come up with an answer for sleep, but the truth is you just know that you need more. You need more of it. Yeah, and I, I think sleep is one of those things that's just so individual. Yeah, but they say everybody needs eight to 10 hours a night. Yeah. Which that's is crazy. Lot. Yeah, uh, well, opposed to what we've grown up believing, which was six or seven hours, mm-hmm. research is now showing it's more like eight. Like 10. Nine, I don't know how I could possibly get 10 hours of sleep a night. I'm telling you, that's seven o'clock bedtime. <laughs> Okay, that's going to move from FOMO to chemo. You know, I go from fear of missing out to no, I'm missing out. Exactly. <laughs> if I start you going to bed at 7 p.m. You go to bed at 7 p.m. Absolutely. This was great, Jenny. Thanks so much. We'll, we'll no doubt touch on this again and talk more about it. And uh, everyone out there, drop into our Facebook page and tell us how you deal with self-care and tell us where your priorities are and maybe come up with some topics and suggest some topics for self-care that we might want to talk about. Yeah, give us some clues on how you get yourself to sleep. You can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Technicolor Mindset. And thanks, Brett. I'll talk to you again real soon. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.